Amen? Amen. Okay. In your bulletins, some notes you can follow along with me. We are um, talking about today how to get through a bad day. How many of you guys have ever had a bad day before in your life? How many of you guys had a bad day this week? I mean, in some way. I mean, I understand that. I mean, sometimes when you have bad days, it kind of it kind of keeps on coming, right? You keep on having bad days for a little bit. Sometimes there's seasons of bad days and. And uh, Jesus, you know, had bad days. I mean, we, we see him going through the cross. In fact, for the next coming weeks up to, up to uh, uh, um, Palm Sunday, we're going to be talking about a few things about how Jesus handled his bad day that he was in. We call it Good Friday. It was good for us. It was definitely bad uh, for Jesus. You know, he had people lying against him, you know, beating him physically. Um, gossiping about him. He was alone. He had rejection. I mean, he went through everything. And, uh, but Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says this, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endure, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen? So if we're going to find out how to really get the, through a bad day, let's see how Jesus handled his worst day um, that he had while he was on this earth. Now, in the Message Bible, I like how the Message Bible puts Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. It says this, Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way, the cross, shame, whatever, and now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. So we want to study how he did it because he never lose, lost sight. And a lot of times in the bad times, bad times that we have, we can easily lose sight of where, God, where are you? How many of you guys ever thought about that? When you're going through something, something rough and you've been praying, you're yelling, you're screaming out to God, you're saying, God, where are you at? And the whole purpose of these bad times, whether it's your fault, how many guys have caused your own bad days? Raise your hand, everyone in here. Most of the time, our bad days are because of our, our bad decisions. Most of the time, it's because of that. Now, I'm not saying that it isn't the devil. There's sometimes the devil's involved in it in some way because he seeks to, he wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But in other people, how many, how many has had other people cause your bad day, right? And so sometimes that happens too. But the, no matter what it is, it's all to get us to lose sight of who God is, where God has taken us, and to get us off track, okay? And, he, and, and that's the whole part of that. The enemy wants to get you off track. He wants you to lose hope. He wants you to get discouraged. He wants you to get depressed. And listen, no matter what you're going through, even right now, maybe even this year, God will get you through it if you keep your eyes on him. Amen? Amen. So, so there's two things I want to deal with today um, about how Jesus handled his bad day. Number one is when, when I'm going to deal with when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, in the Mount of Olives, where he was praying. And then I want to go to the cross and what he did at the cross. And, uh, and so turn to Luke chapter 22, verse 39. And uh, let's see, when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, here in the Mount of Olives, I want to see, I want, let's see how he handles a very bad time, okay? Now look at this. It says, Jesus went out, as usual, to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, he told his disciples, pray that you will not fall into temptation. 
And he withdrew about a stone throw beyond them, knelt down, and Jesus prayed. And he prayed this, verse 42. He says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but your will be done. Underline that because we're going to come back to that. Verse 43, an angel from the heaven appeared to him and strengthened him and being in anguish. Now, I don't know about anguish. That's not, that's not a party term, you know? That's not something that you use. I'm on vacation. I'm, it's, how are you guys doing down the beach? Oh, I'm anguishing, you know? I'm, it's not something that you use. I mean, it's something that he was, there was, this is a bad day. This is the start of Jesus' bad day here in the Garden of Gethsemane. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. We'll talk about that in just a minute. When he rose from the prayer and he went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping? He asked them, get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Jesus went on after that. In verse 47, while he was still speaking, a crowd came up and the man who was called Judas, one of the 12, was leading them and he approached Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? And when Jesus' followers saw what had happened to them, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers, and the temple guard, and the elders who had come for him, am I leading a rebellion that you have to come with me swords and clubs? Every day I was with you in the temple courts, and you did not lay a hand on me, but this is your hour when darkness reigns. Okay, so, so this is the beginning of Jesus' um, bad day. Our good day, but Jesus' bad day. So there's a lot of stuff to talk about here. I'm not going to be able to go in depth into everything. don't have time for that today. But I can tell you this, this wasn't an easy time for Jesus. His disciples failed him more than once. Uh, then he was praying, and, and as he was praying, most theologians believe that this is the time that the sin of everyone, past, present, and future, was starting to be laid on Jesus Christ. This was something that we don't understand how painful, how um, bad day it became with Jesus on this time. This time. Because you've got to understand, Jesus has always been. There was no beginning of Jesus. There was no beginning with God. There's no beginning with the Holy Spirit. They have always been. We don't understand that because we have a beginning, we have an end. But Jesus doesn't. And so you've got to understand, he was always and has always been perfect. He has never tasted death. And so at this time, not only is he tasting not just one death that he's going to do, but he is tasting the death that all of us should have went on at this time. He is tasting the death from the past, the present, and the future. He is taking sin upon himself. He never knew sin. He had never had a bad thought all of his life. He has been righteous every, every moment that he has lived, and he's always lived. And so here in the Garden of Gethsemane, you've got to understand this. This is the pain that he's going through. This is something that we cannot describe ourselves. Because you know what? Since the beginning we were born, we understood death. We understood that. We understood sin because we have, have had that. Now, thank God he became our sin, that we don't have to deal with those things any longer. and We're going to live for eternity. This body may die, but listen, I'm living for eternity, right? But he had sin placed upon him, and he is taking the punishment for that sin. 
Not just one person's punishment, all people's punishment. And this is, and this is the glimpse that, that uh, Luke gives us here. In Luke, uh, in verse 44, he says, And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. And this is some medical term, hematrosis, if I can get it right, drosis. And this is a condition. This is what happens when somebody is in an extreme stress that, that your tiny caterpillars, the, the sweat glands, they start to rupture in your body. And, they, and it's so much stress that you really, you sweat blood. And so that's what he was going through. And it's, it's, it's an extreme stress. Most people never, ever do this. And this is the type of stress that his body was going through. And one of the statements that have always caught my attention is, is during this time that he's going through this, this type of stress. Now remember, he is the Son of God. He doesn't have to do this. There is no reason for him to do this except for love. That he's loved, he loves you and I. And he looks to the Father and he says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but your will be done. He humbles himself and says, God, I know, I, you know, I know who I am. But it's not my will, it's your will. I choose to go through this. In the midst of his pain, in the midst of his suffering, in the midst of, of what is happening to him, this sin is just as, as, um, as stressful to his body as the cross. We, we always just think to the cross, but you don't understand this. This is when God's eye begins to turn away from his son. He is going through something so painful, spiritually, emotionally, and physically at this time. This is very painful. And we all often look over this. But this is, this is a bad day. And look what he handles, how he handles it. He handles it by saying, God, not my will. Your will be done. Now, if we are going through a bad day, Jesus modeled this more than anybody else. He modeled humility. If you want to get through a bad day, you must humble Yourself, and I know this is something that we don't we don't even think about when we're talking about how to get through a bad day. I want the ten steps of how to live victoriously, but we don't think about humility as the number one thing that we need to have in order to get through a bad day. We need to humble ourselves before the Lord. This is very important because He had to humble Himself to take on your sin and my sin. What happens in times of trouble is what we want to blame. We want to complain. We want to think how we can get out of it ourselves. We want to use our own ability. But the best thing for us to do is to bow down to Almighty God and says, God, I cannot do this. I can't do this on my own. I need you. And not try to, to Google it. How do I get through this? No, God, I need you. I need to suck rug. That means I need to get on my face before the Lord. And says, I can't make it without you. We need to humble ourselves. James says this in James 4.10. He says, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. I like how the New Living says it. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. Amen? When we humble ourselves then we allow the Lord to do what He needs to do in our life. 
And I'm not saying it's the Lord that caused you to have the bad day. And most of the time, that is not even the the part of the, uh, the equation. What is the part of the equation is that maybe that we've done it, or somebody else has done it, or the enemy's attacking, no matter what it is, I need to say, God, I can't do it in myself. I need to humble myself. Because when I humble myself, this is what I'm going to do. Number one, I'm going to admit to my mistakes. I'm going to own what I need to own. Amen? Because if I don't own what I need to own, I'm going to blame somebody else for it. Remember Adam and Eve? Adam sinned. What did he say? It's a woman you gave me. I don't know about you. I learned a long time ago never to blame my wife. That was a wrong deal, you know? We need to humble ourselves so we can say, God, I, I was wrong. I made a wrong mistake. If you can never humble yourself and say you were wrong. How many guys remember Happy Days? You remember Fonzie? He could, he, he, he could never say he was sorry or he was wrong. Remember, he could never get it out, right? That's pride. So you need to humble yourself. And you need to really look at the situation, whether it's in your marriage, whether it's in your job, in your relationships. Because we've all been there. We've all done that. We've all had bad days. We've all made mistakes. But if we can't humble ourselves and admit our mistakes, then we can never move on from that. And guess what's going to happen? It will happen again over and over. We need to admit our mistakes. Because if you don't admit your mistakes, you will blame somebody else. And then guess what? God can't do anything. He can't help you because you won't listen. Right? You can't listen. And the second thing, in order to humble yourself, you can't compare yourself with other people. Comparison is pride. And a lot of times when you're in the midst of a bad day, you're asking yourself, God, why am I going through this? I do this for you. I do that for you. And look at that other person over there. They are, they are a worse sinner than I am. That's pharisaical. Don't, you don't look at me like that. You know you've done it. Why is that person being blessed? And we go into judging, right? We judge people when we do that. We come in a place of judgment where when bad things happen and say, no, no, why am I doing this? I've seen this in ministries. I've seen pastors who, who, uh, who are going through a hard time in their church and they, and they look at this other church that's going very well and doing well and they'll, they'll say, well, they're not preaching the word of God like I am. Well, no, that's not true. And they'll start doing that. But we do the same thing. You know, why are we going through all this? And you can't compare yourself. You can't judge. You've got to humble yourself and say, God, you've got to wipe the slate clean and, and don't have any judgment about your situation unless God tells you about it. Unless God says something. Because if we don't humble ourselves, then we're going to dig a deeper and deeper pit for us to get out of. Get on your knees. Own your mistakes. Receive the grace of God. Humble yourself before the Lord and say, I need you. I can't do this without you. And then what we do when we can humble ourselves, then I can ask for help because I can't get through this alone. I need other people. When I'm going through a bad day, I can't hold it in and hope it gets out out and I get through it. I need other people. I need other people around me to pray for me. I need other. That's why we have a prayer team every week up here. Because we want you to be, get prayed for. We want you to ask for help. 
Not just for, with God, but us. God has brought us as a church together. You're not here just Sunday just to hear, hear a wonderful great preacher. You're here to have relationship with one another. You know I'm joking, right? Am I? And anyway, um, but you're here to gain help because we need each other. I need help when I'm going through the ba- a bad time. I need help. I need to ask, but I need to humble myself. Listen, it's not easy. I have to ask for help. I'm not, I'm not there. I got a counseling appointment tomorrow at 1230. If you want to come, just let me know. I'm asking for help. I, I, don't, I don't have everything together. Thank you. I need help. If I need help, I mean, I know you need help. All of us need to be able to ask it, but we have to humble ourselves in a time, especially in a time of trouble. You need to humble yourself when you're doing good, too. Let me tell you something. Can I just get off this just for a moment and talk about that? Because you know what happens when everything's going well? You forget God. You forget what got you there. You forget the people around you that helped you in their ho- those hard times, and you think you got it all together. Listen, when Paul says, I have not obtained it yet, you listen, you have not obtained it yet. I don't think any of us has wrote, written any of the New Testament. Right? We need each other. You have to, humility, I'm going to do a whole series on humility one day. Humility is so important. And listen, I've had issues with humility. No one say amen if you know me. I do. I have, I've had issues. I thank, you, thank God for my wife to you know, slap me in the back of the head all the time. But I, I've had issues. And listen, when pride comes in, it is never good. I've, I've seen that in my life. Humble yourself. Just get on your knees and say, God, I need you. I need you. I, I can't do this without you. I've messed up. I'm not going to blame anybody else. I put myself in this situation. God, I want to focus on you. I'm not going to focus on what other people and what you're doing with other people. I'm going to focus. What do you want to do with me? And how do you want to get me out of it? And God, who do you want me to go to that's going to help me? That's going to pray for me? That's going to, that's going to tell me the truth? Amen. That's going to disciple me in this. We need that. That's what Jesus, he humbled himself. He had his disciples there at the Garden of Gethsemane pray. They failed him. But he needed them. He needs people around us. We need people around us, right? Amen? You know, I was, Lisa and I were talking this the other day about our church. This cornerstone that all of us are together in. And uh, how many great leaders we have in this church. Great people. Give yourself a hand, amen? Come on, give yourself a hand. And listen, I'm, I'm talking about you. So if you think I'm talking about other people, I'm not. I'm talking about you, okay? And I, and I really, really do mean that. I see greatness in, in all, of, all of us here. And we're the church together. This is what makes Cornerstone Church. Sean's not Cornerstone Church, you understand that? We are Cornerstone Church, and we are impacting our, our community. We are impacting 
this city and this nation and this world in some way. And it's because of you rising up, and we have some great people. And I know that when you ask people around you if you need help, you need prayer, they're going to pray for you. And they're going to be there for you. Amen? And I love seeing that. But we all have to humble ourselves to receive that. We need to humble ourselves and say, God, I need that, especially when you're going through a hard time. Number two, the second thing we see that Jesus did comes out of one of the statements. Jesus made seven statements on the cross. The first statement he made is Luke 23, verse 34. And this is the first statement that Jesus makes on the cross. He looks down at the people who, who uh, have beaten him, who betrayed him, who, uh, who's crucified him. He's on the cross. And he looks down there and says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Man, that's powerful. I don't, I'll be honest with you, I don't know if I could do that. It's not easy. But not only do you need humility, but that when you have humility, then you can come to this place where you, number two, is that you can forgive those who are trying to hurt you. Amen? Because if you can't forgive, listen, you're going to dig a deeper and deeper ditch. You know your bad day will turn to more and more bad days. Because what happens is is when we don't forgive, we, bring on an, we take on an offense. Now listen, let me tell you something about unforgiveness. Unforgiveness always leads to an offense. Now, that person might have hurt you, but if you allow an offense to come into your life, that means you take it personally. You have unforgiveness in your heart, and you do not release them. You've taken on an offense, that is sin to you. That is placed on you. You understand that? Sin separates you from the Lord. And if you continue to have that and don't deal with that, then there's something's going to be wrong. I was um, mowing my yard a number of years ago, or maybe now like 20 years ago. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe I said 20 years ago. But anyway, um, 20 years ago, and I was mowing my yard, my backyard, and I lived in Greenwood, Missouri then. And this lady comes over, and uh, I was dealing with something, a relationship issue with another person. And uh, I was mowing my yard, and she looks, she's dropping off her kids to have a voice lessons. And she looks at, uh, at me and says, um, or she looks at me and tells my wife, he says, she says, I see a dark cloud over Sean. And uh, she says, I'll be right back. And she goes back to her home, gets a book, and it's called The Bait of Satan by John Devere. And, uh, and she hands it to Lisa, have him read this. I don't know what, what's going on. She didn't know anything what was going on, but have them read, read this. And what was happening is I was taking an offense to somebody else. And I didn't really even know that. I had unforgiveness. And so I began to pick up that Bait of Satan book, and I wanted to burn it. Because it was talking about my unforgiveness and how I was taking the bait of the enemy and having and I was in sin. Even though that person hurt me, I was taking, I was becoming sinful because of that. And so it is important to deal with unforgiveness immediately. 
And so number two, you need to forgive everyone that's trying to hurt you immediately. Jesus did that immediately. First statement he makes on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And I, I know this is not easy. And when we talk about forgiveness, I mean, it's not an easy thing. You know, a week later, she comes back. And I had read The Bait of Satan. And a week later, and I, had to de- I, had de- I had to deal with some things. And she comes back and she uh, tells Lisa, because she sees me, I'm mowing the yard again. I do it every, every day at that time, every week at that time. And she says, well, the cloud's gone. Because I had dealt with those things. Listen, you have to deal with these things. And, and uh, you know, usually when we talk about getting through a bad day, these two things I'm talking about, humility and forgiveness aren't the number one things that come to our mind, but they're one of the most important things that you have to guard your, yourself. You have to be, be humble and you need to forgive. And that's not what we usually do. And, and when, when Jesus was at the Garden of Gethsemane, remember when the soldiers were coming up and the disciples says, hey, should we, should we take our swords out and fight? And that's what our, our normal response when someone hurts us, isn't it? Is to go out and let's cut off their ear. Let's make them pay for what they're trying to do. And that's what the disciples and Jesus says, no, stop this. We will have none of this. And guess what Jesus did? He takes up. And he heals the person. See, Jesus is not about getting even or getting back. He's about healing every single time. Did you know the people that, he, that are hurting you, Jesus still loves and doesn't want to get back at them, but wants to see healing happen to them? I mean, that's not easy for us to say because we think, you know, we're, we're actually God's best. We're the apple of God's eye. And if someone hurts us, they're going to hell for that. Right? And I know, I'm, you know, I know Jesus loves me more than anybody else. But, that's not true. But the thing about Jesus is, is that he loves your enemies. In fact, he even tells you to love your enemies. Right? Bless those who curse you. I tell you what, I, that is one of the best things that you can do. Is to forgive and to forgive immediately. You know, the source of unforgiveness happens. I mean, we've, there's betrayal. Some of you have been betrayed. There's false accusations, gossip, rejection, abuse, humiliation. Jesus went through all those. He went through betrayal. Judas betrayed him. False accusation went through the trial. He went through rejection. Peter, with Peter and his disciples rejected him. And the people that were following him. He went through abuse. The crucifixion was abuse and humiliation on the cross. And he qualifies to be our best friend. He knows exactly what you have gone through, even 10,000 times worse. He's been through it. He's been through it. And see, a lot of times when we think about, do I have to forgive? We don't really understand what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is, is not minimizing the offense or the seriousness of what happened to you. Yeah, I, we're not saying when you forgive, oh, it wasn't a big deal, because it was a big deal. It hurts you. It really did hurt. It wasn't a small thing. It was a big thing. Forgiveness doesn't act, act, ask you to act like it wasn't a big deal. Forgiveness is an instant restoration of the trust of the person. If someone has hurt you over and over repeatedly and intentionally, you are, you are obligated to forgive them, but you do not have to trust them. It's not trust. But you do have to forgive. 
In order for even relationship to even continue, there's three things that has to happen. There has to be repentance from that person, there has to be restitution, and there has to be rebuilding of trust. If that doesn't happen, you don't have to trust them. You don't have to have a relationship with them. You don't have to go hang out with them again. You don't have to put yourself under them again. But you do have to forgive them and release them. You've got to be forgiving. We have to forgive. It's so important that we do that. And here, here's some keys why we need to forgive. Because I need forgiveness. You know, Jesus says, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. It's so true. That really happens. You become stuck in your walk with the Lord. Now, I didn't say this. Jesus said this. Say, well, Sean, what about the love and grace? Yeah, he loves you, but you know better. Look what he took on on your own sin. How you have been sinful. And if you think you haven't, remember, go back to number one, humility. Humble yourself. Forgive them. Release them of that. So you can feel, I tell you what, when some, some, somebody I've, in my past, I've done, people have done that to me, have hurt me, have done that. I tell you what, it's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy to forgive. And you might feel like, like, like Fonzie, I, 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 and you can't get it out, you know? And you need help. You need people to pray with you. You know, you humbled yourself. But I'm telling you what, it's so freeing to release it. Forgive. Because this is what happens when you don't forgive. You continually think about it over and over and over again. That's why you need to forgive them. You need to forgive them without condition. Some say, okay, I'll forgive them if they do this and this and this. No, no, no. We forgive them even if they continue to cuss you out. Even if they continue to gossip about you. Even if they continue to hurt you seven times 70. You forgive. Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. Amen? Forgive them. And then forgive them in advance. Be proactive in your forgiveness. Don't wait until you're hurt. Do it ahead of time. Luke eleven four says, Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. We forgive. And there's such a, a freedom. Because when you don't forgive, you're thinking about it over and over and over again. Immediately, let it be like Jesus did. Immediately out of your mouth, I forgive them and I release them. I release them of what they did to me. And you do it. And sometimes you're you're doing that and you and you and you start, yeah, that's great. That feels good. Then you go on and a couple of days later you start thinking about it again and you think. Why am I thinking about this again? What are you going to do? I forgive them and I release them in Jesus' name of all they did. Because sometimes there's layers of forgiveness. There's layers of hurt and there's layers of pain. But you're going to be faithful because you're not going to, su- you're not going to start sowing unforgiveness, right? You're not going to sow that. You're not going to allow offense to come into your heart. You're going to forgive them. You may not have a relationship with them. Maybe they haven't repented. Maybe they haven't brought restitution. Maybe they haven't, haven't done what they need to do to bring back that, that trust again. But you are going to forgive. And every time you see them driving on the road, you're not going to tell them that they're number one. You're going to love them, right? And you're going to bless them. 
And you're going to say, yes, Lord. And there's such a freedom. Trust me. There is such a freedom in that. And it released you out of that bad day. A lot of people get stuck in that bad day, that bad season, because they refuse to forgive. And they want to hold that person against them. Hold those things against that person. You forgive. You let God handle what he needs to handle, right? You release them and say, God, no, I release them. I've done this. God, I, I, my wife and I, we have had to do this. We say, God, we, were, we forgive that person, and we, we ask you that you will hold nothing against them of how they've hurt us. So that's telling God, please, don't act in wrath. Oh, my goodness. Because you know what we really, we really want to do? You know you, you dream of things, of torture and everything else. You know, you know, God, you go get them. You're thinking that lightning bolt would work really well right now on that person's head. You know, but, but release them. And there's such a freedom in your life when you do that. Humble yourself. Own your mistakes. Don't compare. Don't judge. Ask for help and forgive immediately. Now, I know this isn't easy. And you may be going through some hard times. And I'm, like, again, I'm not minimizing the hurt and the pain that you're going through. And only God can really heal that. I want you to know that. Only God. But the way to get healing is to continue with your eyes set on Him. Let me tell you something. The hurt that happened to you, the pain that happened to you, whatever it is, whether you did it, you need to learn to forgive yourself, right? You have to forgive yourself. No shame. No condemnation in Christ Jesus, right? Today's a new day. There's new mercies here for you today. There's new mercies. But if someone else has hurt you, let me tell you something. It, no matter if it, you did it, somebody else did it, or you don't know where it came from. The whole purpose is to get you off track and to stop from walking in the blessing and the honor of God. It's to get you off that. So to humble yourself is important so we can hear the voice of God to forgive whoever we need to forgive that's hurting us immediately so we don't have any distractions from the Lord and we can walk in His will, His purpose. And He'll lead you out of that pit. He'll lead you out of that day where you'll be able to even look back, just like I talked about last week, because the grace of God is so powerful to look back and be able to say, thank you that I went through that. Amen? Where God turned something that was meant for harm into good. Amen? So good. I remember um, Joyce Myers saying this, that she had gone back to the people that have hurt her and looked them straight in the eyes and said, thank you. Because it brought her to a better place in her life. Because she learned to forgive. She learned to honor God and humble herself. So there's no way you can humble yourself and forgive without God's power. You need God's power. So put your notes down, put your Bibles down. And I want you to bow your heads. I want us, I want us to do just some work here, okay? Number one, we have to humble ourselves. So I want you 
Just ask the Lord to get rid of all pride in your life. Can you do it right now? Yes. He can show you where it's prideful. And say, God, I humble myself to you. I bow my knee to you. And if you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus, listen, you cannot get out of these bad days. Get out of unforgiveness without the Lord. So just just pray right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I know that I'm a sinner and I'm sorry for my sins. Forgive me for living my life my way. And now invite him into your life. Say, Lord, take control of my life. Make me the kind of person you want me to be and give me power to change. I make you the Lord of my life right now. Just do that. Pray that. And everyone else just say, God, I give you control. I humble myself and I give you control right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, since we prayed that prayer, there's some things that you need to probably deal with. Whether you are going through a bad day or you've been through one, but you may be holding unforgiveness. You may be holding an offense. Now, we've humbled ourselves and we say, God, lead us. We need you. That means I'm, I'm going to admit my mistakes. And some of you may be just really, you can't forgive yourself. You've looked at things in your life and you've done things that are wrong and, and you seem like you can't, these things keep on popping up in your mind. These things keep on popping up when you try to do something for the Lord or when you try to make a step out of it. And it seems like it keeps on pulling you back in to that bad day. Well, we need to forgive ourselves. God's forgiven you. Release it to him. And say, God, I forgive. So bow your heads again. Let's, let's pray a prayer of forgiveness. And I want everyone to repeat this after me, okay? Everyone say this. Lord, I have not loved, but have resented certain people and have unforgiveness in my heart towards them and even myself. I ask you, Lord, to give me the power to release and forgive those who have hurt me. I do now forgive them. And I ask you to forgive them also. So right now, just under, under your, in, your, in your mind, just right now, say the name of the person that you need to release and you need to forgive. If there's someone's done something to you, or, or say your name that you need to forgive yourself. Just do that real quickly. Say, I forgive I forgive that person. Whatever that name is, just forgive them. And it could be your spouse. It could be the person next to you. And maybe they don't even know that you have something against them. But release them right now. Now say this after me. Repeat this. Please, Lord, replace my hurt with peace and love of Christ. And forgive me For the times I have hurt others. And in the name of Jesus, I thank you. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise for that. Amen. Amen. You know, it's good to humble yourself in those times. And and maybe you're not going through anything. Maybe you have you're good right now. And that's good. 
But when those times come, because, you know, you may have a bad day this year, right? You may have to use that. Humble yourself and begin to say, God, I can't do it on my own. And realize that I need Jesus. I need him. And then immediately forgive. Don't wait. Oh, they haven't asked me for forgiveness. They don't have to. Don't worry about that. Because they may never ask you for forgiveness. It's okay. You love. See, and that's the thing that you're sowing. Love is very powerful. Jesus sowed love. When he went to the cross for us, he sowed love. So you sow love. And they may, they may not like you. They may not, they may, in fact, it may make it worse, to be honest with you. I've done, I've done that. They just don't really like, it made it worse that I, you know, I forgave them. Because what happens is that what they do to you doesn't hurt you anymore. See, what unforgiveness does, it gives that person power over you. Think about it like that. The only person that should have power over you is God. So release that and give God power over you so he can bring you to a better place. Amen? And release that. Now, Now, some of you may need to go home today. And you may need to call up that person and just say, I forgive you. Email them, text them. Do it privately. Don't do it out in the open. Don't do it on Facebook. Okay, don't go out there. I release this person for being a jerk and a, you know, whatever. You know, don't, don't do that. That's not good. But, but, but really, just release that person. Say, I forgive you. You may be surprised. They may say, I forgive you. Just do that. Just see the freedom come into your life. And just watch God just start working. Some of you may have been, have been having a bad day for a long time. And you may be stuck because of lack of humility and lack of forgiveness. Watch God just change it. Because you choose to make the right steps. Amen? Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise. Amen? He's good.